This is Mark Gandy, and welcome to a bonus episode of CFO Bookshelf. Scott Augenbaum is back. He's retired from the FBI and a cybersecurity expert, and he's written a book on the topic. He's back to share five holiday tips to keep us safe from cybercrime over the next few weeks. That's coming up next on CFO Bookshelf. Bruce, with the Thanksgiving holiday coming up, everyone is shopping, or so it seems. Is is that now with COVID? That may be a little bit different. Oh, no, wait, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. No, no, it'll be online, right? I'm thinking. Right. I'm thinking the. I'm thinking the 1990s, aren't I? Yeah, and it's and I think um, and even read something this morning that I think Macy's attributed part of their. Um, a little, a little bit of an improvement in in sales to um, to customers getting out there early to <clears throat> try to beat any lack of availability and also any any hangups that there might be in delivery too. So I think uh, people are people are uh, full blown into shopping mode. Uh, Bruce Reed, the answer is this activity costs businesses around the United States six trillion dollars annually the question is what is shortage what is shortage you know you know we're talking shopping that's a no i i laughed at first but um shrinkage is big in fact usually shrinkage usually three to four percent i'm sure there's some some controllers they'll say no it's two point whatever but a cyber crime Cybercrime is a six trillion dollar. Oh, wow! It's it costs. And by the way, that's from two years ago. Actually, no, three years ago. I don't have current numbers, but back several years ago, it was six trillion. A lot of people say I will never be a victim of <laughs> cybercrime. You're laughing. Do you, do you agree with that? It'll never happen to us. No, no, I do. <laughs> I absolutely, unequivocally, don't believe in that. Well, this is a topic that interests me i year i say i'm guessing maybe seven eight years ago it's whenever i first got my audible account i think the very first audible book i listened to was ghost in the wires by kevin mitnick and at the time he was the well at one time uh, in his life he was the most wanted uh, fugitive of the fbi and what he did was he was able to hack into systems you know, he could he could get access to credit card information. By the way, he never took a dime. He just liked the thrill of being able to hack into mm-hmm. a system. Uh, he was really big into uh, getting free minutes, being able to get free minutes for long distance. People were saying, <laughs> "Huh, what what's what's the, what are you talking about? Don't you remember landlines?" But that book just stuck with me, and he used a term called social engineering, yeah. and it's like I'd never heard of that until then. So I've been I've been fascinated by this whole this whole concept of cybercrime and you know prevention, and I've always have wanted. Now that we've started this podcast, I've always wanted to find an expert, and I found one. And his name is uh, he's a former special agent of the FBI. His name is Scott Augenbaum. And now that we're we're connected, it's like man, this guy is everywhere. He probably gives hundreds and hundreds. Uh, presentations a year and COVID has not slowed him down. So I'm just amazed at the activity just on LinkedIn, but he's written a book and we will have a full episode 
But Scott volunteered to say, Mark, why don't you let me give you some tips to prevent cybercrime going into the uh, the holiday season? I thought, sure. So I just shut up and uh, he listed uh, four to five different holiday tips. So we're again, we're going to hear from Scott Augenbaum. Uh, he's an author and he's going to provide some tips on prevention. Does that, that sound sounds cool? cool? Let's get to it. So, Scott, what are your favorite holiday tips? Well, the holiday season is a great season. I mean, let's, I mean, you know, and now with COVID, it's going to throw a monkey wrench into it. But the holiday season always would start off on Thursday, you know, Thanksgiving, where we'd watch football and then we would overeat. And then some of us and our family members would run out to the mall and then, which was the Black Friday craziness. And then all of a sudden, a lot of Black Friday deals would happen where they'd be online. And then a couple of years ago, it was Cyber Monday. So the Black Friday Cyber Monday became a shopping craze where all the stores were running all these deals so people can buy it online. And I think all of your listeners are familiar with Black Friday and Cyber Monday. But do you think many of them are familiar with Cyber Criminal Tuesday? Have you heard of Cyber Criminal Tuesday? No. It's not a popular holiday that most people know about. I'm Honestly, I made it up because what ends up happening are the cyber criminals take off for the holiday season. They don't work between Thanksgiving and Cyber Monday, but Tuesday they get to work because what they've collected are lots of emails. Every e- They probably have every email address known to man. So what's your estimate? What, what percentage of the population do you think shopped online during Black Friday and Cyber Monday? What, what do you think? How many people on Tuesday or Wednesday are expecting a package? Well, this is a low number. Let's just say 50%, and I think that's low. Okay. of the population, that's just a lot of people. So just think about this. You should be expecting on bad guy or cyber criminal Tuesday that you're going to get an email from Amazon, UPS, FedEx, Best Buy, or Costco saying that either your package has been delayed in shipping It's out of stock or they didn't have your size. All you need to do is click on this link. And let's even go a little bit further. Let's say we're going out because these bad guys are not going to stop. They are going to be sending you emails every day. Hey, check out, click 50% off sale. We need to think before we click during the holiday shopping season, become a human firewall. What happens if you get an email from American Express saying, hey, we just want to let you know there's a there's a credit. Someone tried to charge something. Click on this link. Have those telephone numbers of those vendors log on separately. Do not click on links to log on. That is something that is very, very important. Also, when we are shopping during the holidays and remember, everybody's looking for the best buys that's out there. Only shop from reputable retailers. 
Do not go over there. And if you're going to shop for an item and the first or second item that's brought up on Google is usually going to be an ad that the bad guys could put. So be very, very careful. Only shop at reputable sites. Also, make sure that if you're buying stuff on Craigslist or eBay or something, realize that when you pay for something with Venmo, Venmo is a great way that if you have a garage sale and somebody gives you something and you get it, you can pay with Venmo. But if you pay with Venmo and you send them the money before they get it, you are out of luck, my friend. The cyber criminals are taking that for they're, they're taking advantage of that. And the fourth shopping tip and final one is make sure you are using your credit card when you are shopping, not your debit card. Brilliant. Because and that, because and because when your credit card is compromised and you get the phone call from American Express saying that your laptop in Malaysia, did you just purchase a laptop? You can get out of it by saying no. However, when your debit card is compromised, all the money is going to go out of your account. Now, the banks are going to tell you you have nothing to worry about because honestly, maybe in 10 days, 15 days, 30 days, you'll get the money back in your account. Mark, let me ask you, what would you rather have? Would you ever have a disputed charge on your credit card? Or would you rather have $2,000 missing from your bank account? Well, I'm going to cheat because the, the the author of Catch Me If You Can says never use the debit card. So I'm going with the credit card for the yes. reason you mentioned. Yes, the credit card has a lot more protection. But a lot of the financial gurus are saying only use a credit card, only use a debit card. There's a lot of risk involved with using debit cards. Hey, can we... Can, can we pull out a fifth tip from you? Let's talk mobile devices, mobile devices. Do you have a fifth tip related to the use of mobile devices and potential cybercrime? On mobile devices, I would say your text messages is the most important thing. And that's a great point because we didn't cover that before. We are so trained not to, we're so trained to think before we click on an email but what happens if you get that text message from Amazon or you get the text message from UPS? Because remember, everyone's asking for our cell phone number these days. Remember, if you click on a link in a text message, you have the same risk. So remember, the cyber criminals have three ways they're going to get you. The first one is through email. The second one is through text message. And the third one is going to be through a telephone call. And that's where we have to be really careful. And we have to, you know, so please take advantage of me uh, for the information on keeping your parents safe. Because unfortunately, when our elderly parents get a telephone call saying that their Amazon account is about to be closed, but they have to go to the drugstore to get an Amazon gift card and scratch it off and enter those numbers in. I've seen a lot of people fall for that. And by the way, we're talking to Scott Augenbaum. The book is The Secret of Cybersecurity. And by the way, Scott, that was chapter number 17, Elder Scams. And by the way, the next chapter, 18, uh, Keeping Kids Safe. And I'm going to say, get the book, The Secret to Cybersecurity. And for the people who buy it and don't like it, send me an email and I will 10X 
what they paid. And I will not have to pay that because this is a great book. Great tip, Scott. Thank you. Well, thank you. You are listening to CFO Bookshelf, lifelong learning for financial leaders. And now back to your hosts, the no-name CFOs, Mark and Bruce. So Bruce, one of the tips from Scott, one of the tips is something that's always going to be top of mind for me. That's two-factor authentication. Two-factor authentication. Do you, as a CFO, do you guys practice two-factor authentication? Authentication, at least with banking. We do. I. This is opinion. I don't think very many people, I would say there's a high percentage that do not do two-factor authentication. Yeah, I think that's... I would I would assume that that's correct, it because there there's there's a degree of of friction that comes with you know having to you know, first of all have a a it, I mean it's kind it's kind of weird because in one way up front you have to provide additional information and that you know that that in even of itself can make you make you think twice but then you know every time you log in. Um, you know, you may be, or every time you change, you know, depending on how you set it up, it's, it's, you know, a new device. Um, it always, the, that, that need to do the second factor seems to always happen at the worst time uh, and all of that. But I tell you, if you don't think you've got time for a second factor authorization, you, you definitely don't have time to, to deal with what can happen if, if you're, uh, if somebody, if a, if a bad actor gets in. Great, great. Great point. Everything you're reading says cybercrime and, and those things is um, up exponentially. So we just got to continue to be more and more careful. And we'll see you soon, Bruce. We'll see you sooner. Take care. Take care.